Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1973 to look at the iconic Bruce Lee movie Enter the Dragon. And joining me for the show, he's coming back for another bite, in fact it's double the bite this time, it is Dan Bone from the podcast on Haunted Hill. Dan Bone, how you doing buddy? I'm doing well, thanks for having me back. It's how are to, you? It's good to have you back on the uh, show here Dan. Like I said on Masters of the Universe, I mentioned Enter the Dragon and it was like, yep, yeah, I'll come back for you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes lit up when you mentioned it. Yeah. How you doing anyway, mate? What you you been up to anything? You've been watching anything? Anything obscure? Uh, you know me, I love my shark exploitation movies, so I've been checking out um some terrible movies with bad CGI sharks. Uh Raiders of the Lost Shark, uh Shark Planet, Ice Sharks, Beach Sharks, Lava Sharks, you you name it, I'm all over it. Every time I look on the Facebook page, mate, I'm always thinking, when I fire up Facebook, I'll see what Dan Bone's watching today. Some some obscure <laughs> shark movie. They've made a whole ton of those, haven't they? There are so many of them that they've now got their own genre, shark exploitation, which I love. I absolutely love. I think I've even got to the point now, I don't even know where they could go with that, because I think they covered every avenue, haven't they? Shark, exorcist... I... I think ice, sh- um, sorry, sharks in space is probably the only one they haven't done yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think everything ends up in space somehow, doesn't it? So it does. Uh, Jason, the leprechaun, whoever it is. Did did the leprechauns? Did he go to space in the end? Or did he did indeed. Hear? Yeah, just before he went to the hood. Right. Uh, I believe it was uh, Leprechaun Four in space. I think. Um, so yeah, even he ended up in space at one point. Right, okay, so with these franchises you end up in space along the way. And just going back to that shark, um, the shark movies, it always makes me laugh when someone posts on Facebook, oh, when are we going to get a uh, Jaws remake or should we remake when I was thinking, well have you seen all the shark movies that have been made out there, it's pretty much been done. (laughs) Yeah, it's been done in every which way, every which way possible. (laughs) <laughs> and I did notice, mate, that you watched Sinbad and the Golden Voyage of Sinbad the other day, was it, on there? I did, yeah, yeah. man. I've um, I've set my... We've got the horror channel here in the UK, so I always set up anything that I fancy watching at a later date. And uh, I always find those movies are great on a Sunday morning when Alice is still in bed and I come downstairs with a coffee, just like when I was a kid, you know, without the coffee, obviously, when I was a kid. So, yeah, I watched The Golden Voyage. Uh, that's a great movie, isn't it? That bloody um, creature that her... The, the, the son of the god uh, yeah, I can't yes. remember his name now but I can't remember you know his one. name I know the one you're talking about yeah he, he kind of should have his own movie really shouldn't he do you know what I, mean? <laughs> I remember being I still felt the sort of terror as I did as a kid because when you first see him he's stop motion yep. but then when you they cut to the actual actor wearing all the makeup and he's chatting away you're like wow that is terrifying actually yeah that's right it's um, actually one of my favourite Sinbad movies um, I love it I like yeah the, I remember I, you saying I like the guy who plays Sinbad in that I think he's pretty cool um, obviously, it's got Tom Baker in it. Um, he's great as the bad guy. I love his he's little sidekick dude, Ahmed. Oh, yes, yep. master. Oh, yes, master. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, my yeah, favourite out of that bunch of movies, yep. like the Sinbad movies anyway, is probably Eye of the Tiger. Yeah. I just love that one. That's I think, such a great one. That is everybody's favourite, that one. And I've said this before, I think we do another Sinbad movie. I'm surprised no one's taken that on, really. I know. Yeah. People like Jason Momoa doing like the um, uh, uh, Conan movie, you know. We could do do it. We just need someone who's 
who's not too uh, muscly and can do a bit of comedy and a bit, bit charming, a bit like um, Wesley from The Princess Bride, somebody like that, uh, who would be awesome. If they could find an actor that's like Carrie Yules, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'd, I had a discussion with, I think it might have been Danny Bennett from The Howling Parallel. He was talking about doing a Kroll remake. Oh, and right, we okay. were, talk- we're kind of going on to a tangent here, but um, he was talking about <laughs> Michael Rooker playing the uh, Torquil character. Oh and yeah, I, I can that see that. Good. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Some, I'm sort of on the fence sometimes whether people could remake these films or not. I don't know. Either go good or bad, or um, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe like a sort of grindhouse version of Sinbad to kind of give it a, bit <laughs> a different spin. You know, maybe Robert Rodriguez does Sinbad or something. Oh like wow, that. imagine that. That would be yeah. that would not be suitable for children. It wouldn't be suitable, but I think if you're going to remake it, you probably want to bring a different sort of spin to how Harry Housen did it or something like that. So that would be cool. Um, but there you go. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Sinbad. <laughs> we're not here to talk about sharknado or shark movies or anything like that we're here to talk about martial arts we talk about bruce lee so we're going to do guys we're going to take you back to hans island we're going to get the uh, ship ready in hong kong we're going to go over to that island we're going to play you a trailer and we'll see you guys soon robert williams and lee the deadly three penetrate the secret chambers of an evil island empire. What do you know about Han? He lives like a king on that island, totally self-sufficient. A fortress without walls, protected by an invincible army that needs no ordinary weapons. This is Enter the Dragon, the first martial arts film produced by a major Hollywood studio. John Saxon is Roper. He was in it for the money. U.S. Karate Champion Jim Kelly as Williams. He was there because he had no choice. Black Belt Hall of Fame undisputed martial arts champion and international film star Bruce Lee. His job was to get them out alive. I'm hoping you'll join us, represent us in the United States. You want me to join this? Roper, Williams, and Lee. Just when they think they've broken the secret of the island, they find there is no escape from the inscrutable Han. Warner Brothers presents Enter the Dragon, where the world's greatest martial arts athletes meet the ultimate challenge with the most ancient and deadly of weapons, the human body. Enter the Dragon from Warner Brothers. And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis for this film is Lee, a martial artist, helps the British intelligence in an undercover mission to nab Han, who is involved in drug trafficking and the sex trade. It's an action crime drama. It's got a 102-minute runtime, and it's got 7.7 on IMBD. So, Dan, when did you first see this great movie, mate? What's your first... Well, um, one of my earliest memories of sort of bonding saw movies that were like really highly rated, and he was always a massive Bruce Lee fan. Uh, he had he had lots of um, inside Kung Fu magazines and stuff. So 
you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of blokes, especially in the 70s, probably were. So I remember he let me watch a couple of the very early Bruce Lee movies, which, you know, although they've got violence and boobs in them, they're not too bad, really. It's all quite tame. But remember one day he said, oh, uh, there's a movie on the TV that I've recorded. You might want to watch it with me. It's got that Bruce Lee guy in it. So we sat down and watched it. So I was probably about 10 uh, yeah. 11 maybe and, and I just was blown away by this what was almost like a James Bond mm-hmm. but with martial arts and islands and ninjas and snakes and absolutely really amazing storyline you know just so good so so good and that was it I was hooked Bruce Lee was until I got into Jackie Chan a couple of years later Bruce Lee was just the, and he still is you know an icon a legend I wanted to know everything about him I wanted to be him you know he's it's badass, absolute badass. Yeah, exactly that, Dan. Exactly what you're saying there. You know, I can hear it in your voice how much of an effect that had on you. I was about 10 years old when I watched this, and I saw it at Christmas. You know, when you get the TV yeah. guide and you can see that's what you used to do back in those times, didn't you? And I saw a picture of Friends of Dragon, and I thought, wow, that looks amazing. And I was talking to my parents, and they said, yeah, you need to watch this film, even though it is, you know, it's an 18, we'll let you watch it. Um, but at no point did it had a massive effect on me. I thought I've never seen anything like this before. You know, I'd, no way. You know, I was into um, obviously, you know, I was into Indiana Jones and Star Wars, and it was all fantasy. But I think the difference here with this is Bruce Lee was an actual. What he was doing was for real. Do you know what I mean? All these techniques and stuff, and it was amazing. And even my parents back then said, you know, we went to the cinema to go and see this back in the day, and we'd never seen anything like this back before, back in 1973. It was like groundbreaking, do you know what I mean? And absolutely, um, and and with his charisma and on-screen presence as well, because you, there's only a handful of actors really. And now Bruce Lee wasn't really an actor, you know, he was a martial artist first. But there's when you put someone like him on screen, and I can only really compare him to people like maybe Arnie and people who've got this presence when yeah. they're on screen. Bruce Lee's got a look in his eye. He doesn't need to say anything. Mm-hmm. You know he will take down these 50 blokes, you know? He's something about the way he moves like a cat and the way he delivers his lines, especially in Enter the Dragon. It's just so... Oh, the guy's... Oh. It's got, yeah, it's godlike, isn't it, really? It um, is, it is, yeah. And it's funny because when I was doing the notes to this, I never really thought about this before. I was going through all the characters and I actually thought, oh, what is Bruce Lee's name in this film? Because I never really, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it's, even when I watched it as a kid, I just thought he's Bruce Lee. Yeah. It's, it, it's not like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, it's like you say, oh, well, you just said, it's not like he's an actor and that's not taking anything away from him. He doesn't really need to do that, does he? He just needs to do his stuff. And I just thought, hey, in the actual fact, his name is actual Lee in the film. So yeah. I only found that out nice the <laughs> Yeah, do you know what I mean? We'll call you Lee. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, it is amazing. It's just, um, I would say I've never seen anything like it um, before. And um, yeah, it, it, that's that's where I'm left at, really. It's just, it's just an amazing um it's an well, amazing think, movie as well, like you say. We've seen a lot of the cheaper, uh, low-budget martial arts movies from Hong Kong, and this had that Hollywood money behind it, which you'll probably go into in a minute. And and that was the other thing. It had that polished Hollywood lens, and it just was shot so well. And, and you know, there was, it was just the sets were magical, really. It was almost like a fantasy land. This, this Han's Island is, is like 
a fantasy islands that you'd go to isn't it really it's, it's awesome like if you were a kid you'd want to go to this island and look at these ninjas and these people practicing martial arts and, and yeah. stuff like that and uh it just looked incredible really well you said it just there it's got everything that you want as a 10 year old don't you really do you know what i mean it's got an island it's got a bad guy it's got the heroes going there and all that sort of stuff so it is just all you've, you've got the full package with this movie as well haven't you and um, I was going to mention this, I'm sort of jumping ahead here, but I will mention it now. The music by Lalo Schrifin, um, that incredible uh, song right at the beginning, isn't it? It's just Man, so as soon well as that done. kicks in, you know, <laughs> no matter how old you are, still now, when I was re-watching it to, for, for the, this rec- recording of this... I just was just hyped up, man. As soon as you get that dun dun dun, yeah, ding, ding, Whoa. Ding, and you hear Bruce Lee go, <laughs> mixed in with it, you're like, "This is it. We're, we're in now. We're locked in." You know what, Dan? I need to wake up in the morning to that. If I'm getting up early oh. at four fifteen, that needs to be my alarm clock. Do you know what I mean? Because I'll be straight out of bed for that. <laughs> brilliant I can imagine absolutely Um, brilliant but while we're talking about Lalo Striffin so he did the music to Mission Impossible and he did the Dirty Harry um, soundtrack as well yeah Um, he's um, a great um, musician I think he did Bullet as well with Steve McQueen he did Bullet as well he kind of had that sort of well he would later go on to almost recreate the Enter the Dragon soundtrack for Rush Hour with Jackie Chan Um, a lot of the soundtrack there sounds a lot like some of the songs in this yep and, you know, as I said before, I think music is such an important part to the movie. It really just, I, I've said this before in the show, I said, it's another character for me. It's the character that you don't see, which is like picking up all the actors and taking them through the movie, if that makes sense. It's so vital. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about the director. So you've got director Robert Klaus. Uh, he's a, uh, it's a soundtrack that sits proudly in my collection as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Robert Klaus, he's... Um, he directed The Rats from 1982, or The Deadly Eyes, as it's called. James Herbert's um, The Rats movie. Did you know that, Dan? Yeah, he's a strange director, isn't he, Robert Klaus? He's yeah. kind of done very different things. And he also did uh, Jim Carter as well from 1985. The sort of... Um, I, don't know, I don't know if to call it like Almost a... Almost parkour of, style. Yeah, I think I've heard Ricky Morgan mention that on the Short Bus Cinema I think it's iconic, but it's a pretty bad movie, if that makes sense. It's almost like a sort of rip-off <laughs> uh, Yeah, he did arts, quite a few um, martial art movies. One that I'm a big fan of, China O'Brien and China O'Brien 2, he did as no, well. It's in right. Yeah, that sort of uh, jogged my memory. I haven't heard that for a while. It's, it's one of those films I saw on the shelves in the VHS store back in the day. And I never knew this, Dan. The writer for this is Michael Allen, and he actually adapted the Flash Gordon screenplay from 1980. Wow, I didn't know that either. No, when I was reading through it, I just thought, oh, okay. So, it's uh, one of those things I've dug out on this show. And it was a uh, joint American-Hong Kong production. So, you had Hollywood and Hong Kong, a joint forces. I think it was the Golden Harvest Enterprise, which you're probably familiar with here, Dan, with all your sort of Way of the Dragon movies and that before this. Yeah. Um, So, they come together. And so, like, as you said earlier, mate, this is the first um, Hollywood production but it didn't have as big a budget as i thought it's um eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars which wow it's quite low even in 73 because uh planet of the apes just to give you an idea was made in 67 and that had five million dollars um so it's not as big a budget as you think but 
boy, did this blow, blow the box office. $90 million, mate, at the box office. What? Whoa, boom, it went straight through, man. Wow. Because um, apparently they spent a lot of money on advertising for this as well. Um, but yeah, it went through the roof, and quite rightly so. So in today's inflation, that would be about $500 million. So it'd probably be like a Marvel movie or something like that coming out now, I guess. So. Well, they certainly made their money back, didn't they? Yeah, big time. But, um, but unfortunately, as we know, um, Bruce Lee, he he didn't go to the premiere, did he? When he died two weeks before this uh, film premiered, unfortunately. Which adds to the sort of um, legend of this film almost, doesn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, it does. It's... It's like he's left a legacy, isn't he? You know, in this movie with everything. So there's a lot of mystery and um, myths around the making of this film, but also around Bruce Lee. And those two things tie together when you mention that fact that he died a couple of weeks before the premiere of the movie, because there's just answers we'll never get, which we don't want. Really, we like we like that mystery with Bruce Lee. Love a little mystery, man. Did you did you have the same thing at school? Out Bruce Lee he used to come up in conversation. Everybody used to think he was still alive, especially after watching. Oh yeah, you know, it's like yeah, um, he's working down the local chip shop. Elvis is working in the kebab house. You know the usual things. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Apparently, there was some some bet on down the betting shop that um, Bruce Lee and Elvis would turn up on a stagecoach coming through town together or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so some crazy ideas. Will we ever know? I guess one day we'll find out when we see a stagecoach coming down with these guys on board. So we'll find out. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that that. happens. Yeah. So, but let's talk about who else is in this film. Who else is supporting? It's got a really good supporting cast in here. As obviously we've spoken about Bruce Lee and all his greatness, and we will do again throughout the show, I'm sure. Um, John Saxon's in this. He plays Roper. And yeah. um, again, Dan, I'm sure you're familiar with him as well for, you know, I know you do your horror podcast. He's turned up in some really good horror movies, isn't he? Some iconic ones. Yeah, he's been in a few uh, Jalo movies, but he's also in um, at least one, if not a couple of the uh, Freddy's, Freddy movies, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, two of my favourite, well, two of my favourite ones, actually. The uh, Dream Warriors he came back for. He fights a skeleton, I think, doesn't he? In a, in a uh, scrapyard. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he's also... Um, one of my favourite sci-fi movies, Battle Beyond the Stars. He plays the bad guy, Sador. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Of course he's um, in that, yeah. Yeah, he's very charming, smooth, almost like the James Bond character yeah. in this, really. He is. He is uh, very much a James Bond uh, ty- type of guy. And I know, actually, Dan, I never knew he was in uh, Argento's... Is it, I can never pronounce it. Tenebra. The Giallo. Oh, yeah, he was in Tenebra. Yeah, he was in a few God. Giallo movies, I think. Um, I can, I again, have... he's got the look and he's very yeah. smooth and fitted nicely into that universe. Mate, I always have trouble trying to pronounce those names. So, <laughs> if I was on Bullseye back in the 80s and old Jim Bones said, can you just write for £10 spell Tenebra? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'm terrible. Um, Jim Kelly, Dan. Plays William Karate Champion. He's a cool dude, isn't he, man? Oh, Very yeah. cool. He is definitely another icon in this. Um, he's got his big afro. Uh, and this this launched his career, didn't it, this movie? He he went on to star in um, Black Samurai, Black Belt Jones, which yep. I think was directed by Klaus as well. Yep. Um, but became a bit of a black exploitation martial arts hero throughout the 70s. He did, yeah, that's right. He did. He came back for that. Um, and you got... Uh, Right, here we go. It's another one. Bear with me on this. Kin Shear, who plays Han. Yes. 
as an actor. I think he's done about 200 films, but his voice was dubbed throughout this. So that's not actually his voice. And do you remember when I was telling you, I think I private messaged you about Gremlins, the little Gremlins uh, segue into this movie or trivia? Yeah, go on then. Right, so you might already know this, mate, but his voice was actually dubbed by uh, Kai Luke, and he's a Chinese guy from Gremlins. At the, beginning. the one who owns the shop? Yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> there we go. So there you go, mate. So he is um, he's the guy who does the voiceover for Han. So there you go. It's a little bit of a Gremlins tie over there from 1984 amazing and he also, yeah he also did the uh, voice to Zoltan as well in Battle of the Planets um, that sort of TV really? show in the 70s so yeah there you go and Scooby Doo he did some of the bad guys in Scooby Doo so there you go uh, <laughs> um, Robert Wall who plays O'Hara um, I think yep. he's another sort of martial artist um, yeah, he's turned up in a few 70s, probably even 80s martial arts movies. He plays O'Hara in this, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a bit of a badass, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He gets all those plates scar. Wood, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a, proper, he's a proper bad guy, isn't he? I wouldn't just say 70s bad guy. He's a 70s, 80s. When you see a bad guy, you see someone like O'Hara in the movie, didn't you? Do you know what I mean? Like the sort of henchman. Um, and I think that's very, very weird. As you mentioned earlier, mate, it's a bit like James Bond, isn't it? Where you get that sort of... Is Han's sort of right hand man. He's yeah. actually, um, again, another little bit of trivia, Dan. Freddie Prince Jr.'s godfather. There you go. Wow. <laughs> I would never have thought there was a connection uh, to Buffy the Vampire Slayer all the way through the, no. from <laughs> Enter the Dragon. That's I, honestly, Dan, I just that's bite size for you, mate. Do you know what I mean? I'm going through this and I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah? How, am I, how am I dragging that up? But I'm also going to shout out Kate Pollock as well because she I know she listens to the show and I think she's a Freddie Prince Jr. fan. I think she likes Buffet, so I thought I'll shout she, her out. She does, she does. <laughs> so a little shout out there to you, Kate. Thanks. I know she listens to the show, so uh, she's um, very busy on Facebook posting great stuff on there, which always makes me laugh. So, um, <laughs> And Bolo Yang, who actually plays Bolo. Um, God, he's yeah. a badass, isn't he? Man. He he's is done. huge. Yeah. Uh, his real name is Yang Zi, but um, because his character is so uh, infamous in this movie, he changes his, almost his stage name to Bolo or oh, Bolo right. Young. Um, so became Bolo, the Beast from the East. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, we've also got Jackie Chan. He plays a he plays a thug or something like that in this as an extra. So, um, and obviously, he'd go on to have a yeah, great he gets career. Broken by. Um, so he, he, cause yeah, he, Bruce Lee broke, broke his neck in a cave. That's a shame. That's right. Yeah. So I didn't realise that until I watched it the other day. But he has that iconic scene, doesn't he? Where he's got that face and he wow, like that, and he sort of breaks his yeah. face up. Um, so there you go. There's a the cast. Um, so have you got any trivia you want to sort of tell us about on this film, Dan? Is there anything uh, sort of stand? Um, I mean, there were a few urban, quite a lot of urban legends from the set um, because there were so many extras who were constantly apparently challenging Bruce Lee because he was already becoming a bit of a legend. So things like he would put $100 down and say, whoever can catch my fist gets the $100, but but no one did, apparently. Um, There was also uh, the incident with Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan at the bowling alley. Do you know about that? No, I don't know about that. What's that one? So, um, Jackie Chan was obviously trying, t- his, he's very uh, career-driven, and 
at the time was just a stuntman and wanted to be Bruce Lee, wanted to be, you know, as recognised as him. And um, chatted to him a little bit on set. Yeah. Got hit in the head with him by, by a stick by Bruce Lee, who apologised immediately. And then later on that day, Jackie Chan decided to go bowling with some of his friends from the stunt crew. And Bruce Lee kind of followed them to the bowling alley. And oh. uh, Jackie Chan said, Bruce Lee just got a beer, sat at the bar and just stared at Jackie Chan for the entire <laughs> time him he was bowling and thought, what is he? What is he? What's he doing? He was really nervous. And the next day, he just came up to him and on set and said, I, I've been watching you, and I think you're going to do really well in your career. Really? And that was all he said. Yeah, he saw something in Jackie Chan, and, and Jackie Chan said that was one of his most favourite things that's happened to him in his career. <laughs> that's weird, isn't it? Because, you know, he did go on and have an amazing career, isn't it? It's, very, it's almost like what you said earlier. Bruce Lee is just that mysterious character, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? There's something about him. Because um, one of his other arts was obviously philosophy, wasn't he? Quite a deep character, wasn't he? Um, it was indeed, and he put a lot of that into this film because he actually wrote elements of this this script and screenplay as well, and that's why there's a, so many philosophical elements in it. Um, he was a hippie at heart as well, you know, yeah. and even the fact that um, the three main characters, one's white, one's Chinese, and one's black, you know, that's quite progressive for 1973, um, and Bruce Lee really wanted to put that philosophy across, you know, he, he was really into just bringing everybody together and peace and like i say he was a hippie <laughs> yeah no that's great yeah i think i remember you saying that as well it's like uh, again the film is like a sort of well it is a sort of black exploitation movie isn't it there's a lot of um influences on other directors with this film i would probably say quentin tarantino as well wasn't it with like kill bill um yeah definitely she, definitely there's a sort of bruce lee influence there with that so um yeah no it's amazing but i was gonna say with um uh, Bruce Lee, obviously, there was this whole thing about you know going back to him dying, and I remember watching the uh, I think it was a Dragon movie about his life, and they mentioned in that that he was having nightmares about a dream demon, wasn't he? That was like trying to kill him, and it's just yeah. I always found it weird how in the film I don't know how accurate this is, is that he was trying to protect his son Brandon from this demon, and it's just weird how. You know, Bruce Lee dies and then his son dies around about so it's just just very sort of I find it incredibly spooky in, in some ways it's strange how that yeah is. and that's part of the legacy isn't it there's yeah. the league family curse you know uh, you know is it the tri triads trying to kill them is it a curse it, you know is it just coincidence it's you know it's it is an interesting very intriguing story definitely yeah absolutely um, right okay then mate well let's um Let's talk about this great movie then. So, uh, we'll just do a bite-sized review of Enter the Dragon. And Dan, because I know you love this movie so much, mate, I'm going to let you take the <laughs> helm again, mate, because I like your storytelling. So, take us away, man. Enter the Dragon, Dan. Let's do it, man. Okay, man. Nice one. So, we we do get that amazing little bit of um, score, but that's just after we get our first taste of our character lee who is in a monastery so he is a shaolin monk um or was a shaolin monk and he is doing a display fight almost with uh, samo hung who's also another very famous hong kong actor yeah um they're wearing these little sort of nappies aren't they um, <laughs> i thought that was funny when i watched this when i was 10 years old <laughs> too, too this scene was actually directed him. by bruce lee um yeah he wanted to direct this scene uh, so that's that's cool and it's a cool little display of a, a short but sweet fight um you know we get a taste of 
how badass this character is. Um, some versions of the film are followed by a scene where a monk comes up to Bruce Lee and says, you need to meet up with British intelligence, but some don't. Did you watch that version? I've only ever seen the version which I'm so familiar with. I didn't realise there was two versions. Because just after the fight, he... he he gets introduced to, hello, Mr. Braithwaite, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> he does, yeah, he does. So he meets Mr. Braithwaite, who is a very British gentleman, oh, yeah. having yeah. a cup of tea. Yeah, he's, he is old school, 1970s British intelligence, and he's like, yeah. I didn't realise the character that played him, actually. Sorry, the guy that played him, Jeffrey Weeks, actually died a year later after making the movie. I was oh, did quite I... surprised about that. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Uh, he says to him, um, you know, we want to talk to you about a, a, a tournament of martial arts. It's Han's tournament. And it transpires that Han is an ex-Shaolin monk as well. So it's somebody that Bruce probably would have known. Um, and they think that he is doing some very corrupt things on this island of his. Um, so Bruce is not not interested initially, is he? not really that interested about it no he's uh he comes out a few other options doesn't he He almost makes a dirty harry reference here doesn't he he says you know you know get a 45 gun or something like that and just shoot him or is that after the credits um uh, that's just after the credits oh it no, you're is right. he says, you know, somebody should just put out a gun that's right because where you get the you get quite a good introduction big introduction here didn't you before the music don't you so um yeah no he's not interested though is he but um he's talking about some other options yeah, and they say guns aren't allowed on the island because um, he's afraid of being assassinated. And also, he had a nasty experience with a gun at one point, which I guess was his hand getting blown off by a gun. Right, that's it. Because yeah. um, when we meet up with the character so much later on, he does have a habit of changing his hand into different well, weapons. And which again, is... that just makes it... All bad guys need missing limbs, don't they? Or something like that, don't they? Which makes it great, doesn't <laughs> An it? An eye patch. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to have an arm missing to be bad. <laughs> we get a little um, taster of the philosophy again, because in the middle of his meeting, his first meeting with Braithwaite, a student comes along and Bruce is like, oh, excuse me a moment. I've got to go and teach this guy how to do a kick. <laughs> and uh, he slaps him on the head a few times. And then I love the whole sort of, you know, it's like a finger pointing towards the moon. Then he slaps <laughs> him again and says, don't concentrate on the finger. Are you going to miss all the heavenly glory? Yeah, Dan, if, if I was and ever now. to have a cameo in this film, I'll be that kid trying, trying to kick. <laughs> <laughs> what are you famous for? Well, slapped. being slapped by Bruce Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing to be, be well, famous for, I guess. A lot of people would probably take that, wouldn't they, actually? Yeah, thinking about it. <laughs> Oh, um, Bruce does have this second meeting of, with Braithwaite, which you mentioned, which is where he then suggests, you know, why don't we use guns? But guns are not allowed on the island, as we've discussed. They show him lots of black and white footage of O'Hara, played by Bob Ball, who's a badass. He's getting bricks smashed yeah, up and it. wooden sticks smashed over his body. Um, and he says, you know, this guy lives like a king. It's a fortress island. He picked it up just after the war. He, he lives there. But we think it's a front for prostitutes and drugs. We found a, a dead um, prostitute in the sea who was last seen on one of his junks and she OD'd on heroin. Um, so Bruce, Bruce decides to take, take the, uh, the mission. Really? Yeah, he does. He gets persuaded in the end because I think as as soon as he finds out about the uh, prostitution ring and the sex, I think he's suddenly thinking, "I need this has become like a rescue mission." 
So I think with his philosophy, he's thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this on because I'm now going to not just kill this guy, I'm going to go and rescue these girls because then it goes into the avenue of his sister being killed, isn't it? Which That's right. We go yeah, so he finds out there's a female operative on the island as well called Mei Ling yeah. and his mission is basically to get to the island, make contact with this operative and then radio in once it's confirmed that there's drugs in prostitutes and then the British intelligence will come in and he's like, so I love this line, so he's like, so if there's trouble, you'll make a phone call. Yeah, <laughs> and the guys so, yeah. are like, Yes, uh, we will. <laughs> and this is this is 1973. We don't have cell phones back then, do you? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, some good, um, good I humor. love this uh, next bit where you get the the backstory of the three main characters. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I love this. Yeah, yeah. It's done so well. So uh, we find out about Bruce Lee, like you said. Tell us about his sister. You know what's going on there. Well, yeah, that's it. And like you say, it's that backstory and. They're trying to persuade him to go to the island, but then that's how he is, isn't it? Because he, he sees O'Hara and he thinks, that's the bloke that's killed my sister. So this has become a sort of like a... Yeah, so O'Hara was uh, in a, a gang of people that um, uh, tried to... I guess they tried to rape his sister. I'm not sure what they were trying to do. They were bullying them and beating them up and mugging them. And then she... His dad cut O'Hara's face, which yeah. is why he's got the scar. And then his sister ended up committing Harakari um, rather than, you know, whatever they were going to do to her. So that's his backstory, revenge. And, and if yeah. Bruce Lee wants revenge, you better watch out. That's what I, all I'll say. Yeah, don't want him after, do you? <laughs> Concentrate not. only on the finger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like like I say, I love the way they do this um, bit of uh, backstory for each of them because they're all sat on individual boats heading towards the main boat, which is going to take them to the island. And we get a sense of who they are. Like you see, the next person we meet is Roper, who's got like a boat full of suitcases. <laughs> you know so what, Dan? Smooth. I'm glad you said that. I was just going to say that when I watched this because I, I haven't seen this for a long time actually. Enter the Dragon. I just thought, how many suitcases has he got? <laughs> he's got like he's a smooth dude he is a smooth dude <laughs> <laughs> he's got three Chinese people carrying his suitcases isn't he in those trolleys or whatever <laughs> it's ridiculous um, his backstory yeah. is he is a successful businessman but also he is a gambler he's an addicted to gambling and he's got somebody like the mob or some loan sharks are after him yeah. because he's basically run out of money so he's on the run really he's come to this tournament to try and win some money and get away from the mob and the mafia and the gambling the, the um, loan sharks and that's kind of Roper's story he's just in it for the money really isn't he yeah because this is the other thing when I watched this as a kid I always thought that Roper was a special agent I thought that he was actually a James Bond type oh, yeah. character. There's just, you know, it's funny when you watch these films when you're older, you just realise who these characters actually are. But yeah, I always thought he's an agent, but nope, he's a gambler with loads of suitcases. And uh, John Saxon actually thought for the first few days of shooting that he was the star. Um, so when he was on set, he was walking around like he was a star. He didn't realise that actually he was second to Bruce Lee. Yeah, so it took I him a few that. days to adjust to that. <laughs> I read that. He thought he's a star. He's gone, hey, I've got a black belt in karate. I'm a cool character on the star of the show. And then Bruce Lee probably turned up and went, what Gunk. Okay, <laughs> Bruce, I'll tell you what, I'll let you take over. That's fine. I'll be your, I'll be your wingman. Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, we also get to see um, his martial arts skills on the golf course when he beats up those mob guys. And he's pretty badass. You know, he takes them all out in a few kicks, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. Sort of almost does like a sort of dad dance, doesn't he, in the old karate world. <laughs> <laughs> And he's a bit cocky. He delivers lots of cocky lines as well. Yeah. Um, when he's 
fighting. It, it works. He's, he's really good as a character. I like John Saxon in this. He does it well. And then we've got um, the other character as well, me. Uh, is it Williams, is it? Williams, yeah. Um, Williams is... His backstory is he's on the run because basically... Um, he was harassed by some cops, some racist yeah. cops, yeah. and he ended up in self-defense, kicking the absolute shit into these cops. Yeah, he did, didn't he? God, he sorted them out, didn't he? Proper, yeah. And they quite, Jesus Christ, quite but rightly deserved as well because they, yeah, they were proper, proper bad, weren't they? Yeah, they weren't very nice at no. all. So he beat them up. So he's on the run from, I guess he's on the run from the law, really. Um, yeah. uh, you know, and, and that's his backstory. Yeah, I've always uh, when I watched this recently, I always thought that if you didn't have Bruce Lee in this film, and don't say, don't say this wrong, I'd you know Bruce Lee all day long. But this could actually be his story, couldn't it? You could actually have yeah. the story of Williams, couldn't you? Just you know, on the run from the cops, goes to an island tournament, and then you know, it could have go down, could have gone down that avenue, couldn't it? All easy into all three of these characters' avenue, couldn't it? You know, um, just well, they just all have a really good character arc. Um, uh, maybe Bruce Lee doesn't. Maybe Bruce Lee's character stays pretty steady. But but Roper, I always think it's a bit like Han Solo because he starts off being in it for the money, but becomes the hero by the end of it, really, or one of the heroes by the end of it. You know what? I guess now um, you say, yeah, I suppose the Hans Island could become the Death Star, couldn't it? That, uh, that, <laughs> yeah, and it's that, called Hans Island. So Hans it's like Island, Han Solo. Death Star. I suppose you could have one yeah. of those boats as the millennium falcon or something like that oh, hang on a second damn we're just reciting star wars here <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking about sinbad again in a minute <laughs> yeah dan you could chuck quill door in this film couldn't you somewhere cosmic <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> oh there's a room of mirrors in here hmm. <laughs> oh dear so anyway, <laughs> so um, massive segue there, people. There you go. So back to Hans Island. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out Roper and Williams actually know each other from Nam, uh, which is the the old seventies classic bit of storytelling, isn't it? Everybody oh, yeah. knows everybody from Nam. That's it. You don't um, know. You weren't. They. We, sorry. Carry on. Oh no, it's all right, mate. You weren't there. Just a, you were going to say you weren't there, man. You don't know. You weren't there. It's just a bad joke on my part. There you go. It's always what happens, though, isn't it? It's Can't true. Help but say that. And they, they say things like, same old Williams, same old Williams, same old Roper, same old Roper. Yeah, and, you know, they haven't really right. changed. We get to meet a few other characters on this boat. Um, there's a bit of betting on the boat while they're taking the trip out to Hans Island on some praying mantises. So we see Roper doing a bit more betting. He loses $100 to Bruce Lee. Yeah, that's um, Which is... a. Uh, you know, gutted. <laughs> yeah. um, and we get to meet a guy called Parsons, a Kiwi fighter, who Bruce Lee teaches a lesson to, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a proper, he's a proper knob, isn't he, really, this guy? Isn't he? Yeah, he, he is, just, yeah. Just he's kicking um, some of the the Chinese guys around who are, like, carrying crates and stuff around the boat. But, but what does Bruce Lee do to him? The art of fighting without fighting. So that is yeah. pretty much my style of fighting. <laughs> um, my my style of fighting is run away. Yeah, that's it. That's kind of how I am realistically. <laughs> um, but yeah, he gives him, a, he teaches him a proper lesson here, doesn't he? Bit of, um, I suppose everybody, if you watch this film for the first time, you probably think that Bruce Lee's going to get into the proper action here, aren't you, on a boat or something like that? But uh, he does it another way, doesn't he, Dan? How does he do it? He does it. He puts. He says to him, "All right, well, look, I'll tell you what. Me and you will go and fight on that beach over there. Let's take this boat." So Parsons says. 
all right so he gets on the boat but bruce lee just lets the line out on the boat so the boat's then out adrift being dragged behind the junk and then he just says to the kids you know grab this and have fun because he's been picking on you so they get to like get this guy soaking wet the boat's almost sinking a bit um and he's like i'll get you for this he's shaking his fist but yeah. bruce lee's like if you try and pull yourself up we'll just let go of the line and i guess that's how he arrives at hans island being dragged behind the junk in a soaking wet clothes and quite rightly so because he was a knob wasn't he? but um yeah no it's great great scene i like that scene every time it comes up I think yeah i like that yeah, it's uh, pretty cool so oh dear and they arrive at Hans Island, and this is where we get to see Bolo Young in his beautiful yellow knitwear. I'll tell you what, Dan, that'd, that'd be a reception, wouldn't it? If you've arrived on an island and you saw Bolo, you'd be thinking, bloody hell, what, what have I just turned up to? That oh guy is God. huge, isn't he? He's, he's such massive, a beefy bloke. And he just looks like he's going to sort of kill you or something like that, doesn't he, just by looking at you? Yeah, he's not not one to be tangled with. Um Roper, obviously, being Roper, spots Tanya, oh, yeah, who uh, right. is yeah. a very pretty lady. Lovely he's lady. Got his eye on her straight away. Yeah, he's a bit of a charmer, isn't he, old Roper there? Uh-huh. Yeah, I've already, I've already made my choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to talk about that scene. That scene this could only have been done in 1973. Yeah, 1960, sexy. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> we get a great... Um, little moment now where we're shown around the island briefly and there's hundreds and hundreds of martial arts practitioners and they're all in unison oi, 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 oi. and they're sort of you know walking around the island and you get and the guys are looking around thinking wow well, this is pretty massive actually this is this tournament's pretty huge it's kind of like mortal Kombat or something isn't it yeah yeah actually, yeah i was gonna say that um you talk about the mortal Kombat film from the 90s that we had is that done yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if you can have a if you can have a movie like this, you could have a load of guys in unison, don't you? You always have a scene like that. I think you had that in the Karate Kid, didn't you? Gotta, you always have that, you know. Oi, 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 oi. Everybody just doing it together. Yeah, Dan. I can do karate, yeah. Oi, 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 oi. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be out of my garden we're, later. We're both black belts. I'll be stood in the garden belts, later doing that. Oi, oi, oi. Oh, dear. So, yeah, yeah back we to get um, this banquet scene now, don't we? Oh, man, that's, yeah, it's a great banquet scene, isn't it? Um, there's I, sumo wrestlers, there's birds in cages, performers, jugglers, there's food and drink and women, and all the martial artists have basically been shown a good time before the, the martial arts tournament starts the next day. Um, there's a great line where Roper walks over to Williams and he says, um, why aren't you eating anything? He says, oh, I don't think I can keep anything down. And Roper says, i got a feeling we've been fattened up for the kill. Yeah. And that's a great little line. That That is just, when I watched this, I thought that's one line that sums all of this up, doesn't it? That one line, and he's right, isn't he, really? Yeah, being fed for the um, kill. But there's a bit in this I like, Dan. I know you're going to get to this in a minute. I think it's just coming up now. It's when Hun comes in, doesn't he? And he does, yeah. He comes to welcome I just, everybody. I just like the way the two sumo wrestlers in the middle, they just stop, don't they? They're just like, <laughs> yeah. It just, yeah, everybody it. just freezes still. Yeah. So, and then he, I'll let you carry on with it, let it roll, man. So, Hun turns yeah, up, yeah. So, they do. That's that's the that's the command that he's got though over this island. Is as soon as he walks in the room, they all just freeze while he does his little speech. You know, welcome to the island. You're all going to kick each other's asses over the next few days. Um, I hope you enjoy yourselves. Um, let me know if there's anything you need, and then he picks up a couple of apples doesn't he and he throws right. them up in the air and his his female bodyguards throw little 
darts at yeah. them. Um, and one of them is Mei Ling, who is the female operative that Bruce Lee wants to meet up with to get the information. That's so right. he keeps hold of the dart, and that will come back into play a bit later on. Mm. And then all of a sudden, he, old Han says, you know, enjoy yourself, doesn't he? And then he walks out. And then all of a sudden, everybody's just sort of still just goes back into it again, don't they? Ding, 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 ding. It's like ding, someone's ding. pressed play again. Yeah, that's it. And then he just carries on. <laughs> I watched that the other night. I thought, it's bloody hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of hilarious, the next uh, scene is um, where um, our, our heroes, they've been given food and drink, and now they're being given women. Yeah. So, uh uh, Tanya, who turns out is like the head of the um, the brothel, I guess, on the island. She walks into William's room while he's listening to some funky music on his headphones. Well, and he sort of looks up and says, <laughs> there's like 10 women in the room, isn't there? That's it. I was going to say, Dan, Dan he's, he's wearing my podcasting headphones there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the the same ones as me. Yeah, all these women turn up, don't they? That's it, yeah. Take, take your he pick. says, um, oh, for me? Really, you shouldn't have. Um, but if you insist, I'll take you, 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 and you. Yeah, go steady, dude. You know, pace yourself here, man. Do you know what I mean? He says, please understand if I've left anybody out. It's been a busy day and I'm quite tired. Oh, man. That's so 70s right there, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Oh, Jesus man. Christ. <laughs> um, Bruce Lee, uh, they come into Bruce Lee's room and he's not interested at all. He says... There is a one girl that was at the feast tonight that I want to, I would like to cut, have to come to my room, and that's the owner of this dart. And she says, "Oh yeah, I'll send her up to you." So later on, she'll be coming up to meet Bruce Lee, and that's obviously Mei Lee. Yeah. And then Roper, you mentioned Roper earlier. He's already made his choice, hasn't he? Yeah, that's it. Again, he just gets the right line there, doesn't he? That is a Roper line, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? They just get it all right. I've already made my choice. That's it. And she's like, "Hmm." <laughs> she's like, "Excellent." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right then she's she's happy with that yeah there's there's yeah she just goes yeah that's no, fine not a problem at all yeah there's no hesitation there at all is there so i know but uh oh well that that's john saxon for you he could charm the pants oh, off of man. whatever yeah that's it yeah, yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> sexy sexy um, sexy <laughs> mei ling uh comes up and meets meets up with lee so we get this brief scene where she says, I think I'm going to be killed soon because what they seem to be doing is testing these the strength of drugs on some of the prostitutes here. And they obviously they're ODing and then they ship some of the girls out once they're under the influence. It's a bit like what's going on in Taken, which you covered in your last episode, isn't it? Yeah, that that's whole right. Kind of yeah, that's right. Mm, very much Drugs so, and yeah. sex ring. Yeah. Um, so he's, you know, right, that's fine. I, I, I'm going to sort out something while I'm here. Um, this film probably only takes place over about three days, really, doesn't it? I think so, yeah. It's not over a long period, is it? They only go through, yeah, like I say, uh, two nights or three nights at the stretch, don't they? Yeah. Well, the next morning is the first morning of the tournament. Um, and again, Bruce Lee showing his attitude. He refuses to wear the, the uniform that the rest of them are wearing, which gets him into a little bit of trouble. But um, that guy says to him, why aren't you wearing the uniform? And he just looks at him. But it doesn't say a word. He just stares back at him. And the guy just walks off like... <laughs> Because I'm Bruce Lee and I'm a badass, and it, yeah, yeah. But um, I wear what I want. Was that you know at the night time, just before the daytime? Is that yeah. when William sees him running across the top of the reef? Or is no, that? that's 
that's the the coming night now. Right. So that's okay. the next I'm just getting ahead night of myself, mate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's nah, all. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's good. It's all good. Like I say, it all takes place. It feels like it. It all happens over a week, but it only takes place over the two yeah. or three nights. <laughs> so yeah, we get our first fight of the tournament here, which is um, Williams gets to fight the guy from the boat, Parsons, the bully that Bruce Lee put out on the boat. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and he's got some pretty good. And moves, obviously. He's got some brilliant moves and he's got some brilliant sounds. Do you remember the sounds that Williams makes when he fights? I can't remember. Actually, I should. Quit. There's been so much going on in this film. What does he? What sound does he make? He he does. So Bruce Lee's obviously got his like wah, but Williams does this like oi oi, <laughs> and he just destroys this guy in, in minutes. Yeah. Roper is obviously making money on the side betting, so that's uh, that's the way Roper does it. Yeah. Is this when Roper comes he on? Gets, now, yeah, that's right. Roper gets to have a little fight now as well. He always loses, though, because he's a bit too cocky, isn't he? Is that where he's doing the betting ring with Williams now, where he's kind of like doing the fingers and all that sort of stuff, where he's getting his ass kicked and then... Yeah, and you, I don't. I still don't know if Roper was getting his ass kicked or if they were being a bit of a... Um, like a... What do you call it? Hustling the, the guy. Because when Roper eventually he's been knocked down for about the third time he then stands back up and takes the guy out in like two kicks so i don't know if they were hustling the guy yeah because so maybe they were apparently um bit of trivia here is uh, john saxon actually said that all these shots took about eight days to film and he said that oh, he really? was actually constantly fighting for eight 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 days and he said by the end of it he just got up and said i'm never going to be in a karate movie again because i'm going to be dead <laughs> you know what i mean so Apparently he got his ass whipped in this, yeah. But, yeah, um, well, I mean, he's he's good though, isn't he, John Saxon? You know, we mentioned he's got a black belt and he does he pulls off a few good moves. He's familiar with it, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's it. But not quite as good he's as no Bruce Lee. He's no Bruce Lee, no, no, no. But, uh. <laughs> well, this is the first night now, RJ, that you wanted to talk about, where Bruce goes out on his first little excursion, doesn't he? Yeah, it's one of one of my favourite um, lines from the movie from Williams. Where he sees him run across the top of the building, he goes, "He's like a human fly." <laughs> <laughs> a human fly. It's like a human fly. <laughs> but yeah, Bruce has got this like ninja outfit on, um, and he's sneaking around. Um, the guards are incredibly stupid. They don't spot him at one point, and they're pretty much he stood right behind them at one point. Um, and he's got his rope, and he finds a secret passage that yeah. leads down to an underground factory. Um, this is where so it all comes very James something. comes very James Bond here, doesn't it? With all this, really does. All the underground lair, you know, my secret underground lair. <laughs> <laughs> One million dollars. <laughs> but he's interrupted. He's interrupted, isn't he? He doesn't go down into the lair because guards come along and he fights a few guards, and that's that really. And then in the morning, Bolo gets to flex his muscles. Do you remember what happens with Bolo in the morning? Is this? He doesn't. This is where the guards are public, publicly killed. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Because Han says, you know, you're useless, and they are, aren't they? Really, they're pretty bad guards, aren't they? For all Terrible. those, all the people that he could have the pick of the bunch with, he picks those guards, and they're pretty useless. Whether they've had any training at all, isn't it really? But um, yeah, they get they get whipped and they Barbolo. He kills uh, them all, like three or four of them, in front of everybody there. Um, to demonstrate, you know, he won't tolerate this this level of incompetence. 
And uh, it's pretty shocking. He breaks necks, snaps necks, you know, arms. And Bolo is just flexing those big old guns of his, isn't he? Yeah, because I never actually, again, it's um, re-watching this film, I didn't realise that he actually killed them. Do you know what I mean? Watching this again. It's funny how you watch a film with critical eyes, isn't it, when you're doing a podcast? Do you know what I mean? You can overlook stuff. And then when I was really yeah. watching it, I thought, actually, he's killing these guys, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's proper sorting them out. Um, and I think when you're a kid, you don't really... That doesn't really sink in. You just see like martial arts happening on screen, and it's a bit cartoony. Yeah. And you just think, oh well, that's that. That's pretty. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, but I suppose at the same time, it makes the bad guys even badder, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? You think he's ki- that's what these guys are capable of. They can kill you. Han has no problem in killing you, does he? Um, that's what. But yep. then it makes our heroes. It makes you get behind the heroes even more, doesn't it? If, if you know what I mean, you think, yeah, you want to root for them now, don't you? totally man totally and talking of rooting for our heroes Bruce Lee is up for his first fight of the tournament oh this is incredible this scene it's one of my favourite scenes this is he gets to fight O'Hara and he that's that's kind of this is his chance to get revenge for his sister Um, we get the brilliant scene where O'Hara punches that piece of wood don't we yeah Great scene here. And what does Bruce Bruce says back to him? Boards don't hit back. Oh, it's iconic. It's just an iconic line, isn't it? Oh man. You, you imagine saying that to somebody? Boards don't hit back. It's just it's, it just comes out of the right line at the right time, doesn't he? Because he because in some ways that knocks O'Hara off, doesn't it? It's it's fighting with uh, your wit, isn't it, to throw your opponent off. So he kind of just chucks that one in. It's almost like his first punch, isn't it, with his opponent? It really is. It really yeah, is. Uh, and then. Talking of first punches, the first two or three punches Bruce does are his famous one-inch punch. Um, they stand very close together, and as soon as they say go, Bruce's fist moves just an inch and knocks O'Hara down, and he manages to do that two or three times. Because he's punching is so fast, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Even, it's ridiculous. Even on like a Blu-ray to try and slow that down and pause it, you just can't. You you, you don't even you can't even capture that, can you? Um, it's just amazing. I mean, to watch that back in 1973 at the cinema for the first time must have been blown away by it with that martial arts. I was always a big fan of the movie he does where O'Hara grabs his foot and Bruce Lee does like a backflip and kicks him in the face and then lands. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. And then he does that huge power sidekick, which throws him about 20 feet back into the crowd, doesn't he? Yeah, but it's... You know, going back to the beginning when you saw um, O'Hara on the um, uh, was it on the footage, wasn't it? So he's getting hit by yeah. he's getting hit by boards and stuff like that. So you you realise how hard he is for then Bruce Lee to come up and then just kick him like that and then just push him over, doesn't he? You think bloody hell, the power behind that kick. Um, it really but is, he grabs a couple of bottles. Yeah, basically he he strips this guy down, O'Hara, from being a you know, specially trained martial artist, proper hard man, and he's almost become like a pub thug, isn't he? To thinking, yeah, what else can I do except do what the pub thug does? Just picks up a glass. I'm gonna to have to kill him with a, you know, bottle, which is, yeah, it's what he's left with, isn't it? Really, and that's a red rag to a ball because Bruce kicks the bottles out of his hands, knocks him down, and then there's that infamous jump in slow motion up into the air, and. You don't know where he's landing. I'm guessing on his chest or something, but he lands on him. You don't see it. And it's all very slow. And he's killed him. He's yeah, killed O'Hara. Yeah, he's got that sort of 
war face isn't he on him I guess you could say it's just wow like that isn't it? it's, I'd say this would you say this is like the sort of pinnacle part of the movie it's like a real sort of it's got you to a sort of tip of the mountain here isn't it in terms of um, where they're going he's in too far he's in too far now he's killed someone he's got the revenge for his sister but it wasn't what he wanted it to be and he's on this mission and he can only continue now he can't turn back now yeah Yes. Yeah, uh, oh, even talking about it, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's like, whoa, it's just, just amazing. He, he, he's, bas- he's basically told Han that I'm here. I'm, you know, I'm something special. I'm, 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 I'm the boss of your island now. Do you know what I mean? Even Han's probably looking at it thinking, who the hell is this guy? Do you know? Um, I wonder if he recognises him from the Shaolin Temple, um, or maybe they weren't in the same sort of class or whatever together. I don't know, but. He might maybe even recognises his fighting style, I'm not sure. Possibly, but maybe he's putting on the poker face, perhaps. Maybe he doesn't want to show out just yet, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he might do. Well, Williams gets summoned to Han's study because Han has been told by some of his prostitutes that Williams went outside um, to do some yoga and stuff after having sex with about 26 women. <laughs> um, and he says... Um, you know, I know you were outside. What were you looking for? And he said, look, I was outside, but I wasn't the only one. And he's like, well, you need to tell me who it was and you need to tell me now. And he says, look, I want to leave this island. I, I, don't, I don't want to be here anymore. You you can't treat people like this. And he says, it's not possible to leave my island. And we get that famous, bullshit, Mr. Han, man. <laughs> That's it. So good. And uh, he gets a bunch of guards to come in and, and Williams turns around and says, man, you come right out of a comic book. Oh, I love that line. I think that's great. I've used that so line a few good. times. I've used it a few times, that line. I love it. He takes out all these guards easily, but when it comes to fighting Han, RJ, it's not as easy, is it? No, he is the he's the end boss on an 8-bit video game, isn't he? <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's got a bigger power bar, hasn't he, than uh, Williams, unfortunately. <laughs> and that is because he's got a metal hand. Yeah, which he didn't know about, did he? That's it. He um, he takes him on, and he smacks him around the head with that metal hand, and he yeah, he basically demolishes him with this metal hand. And, yeah. uh, it's a pretty weird scene, actually, because you've got loads of prostitutes high on heroin, lying around laughing while these two men are kicking it crap out of each other. It's a pretty strange scene. Yeah, it's very. Um, I suppose you could almost say a very grindhouse, isn't it? This bit. Do you know what I mean? It's got really some really dark elements to it, isn't it? And then, like you say, with the sort of metal hand and all that. And uh, well, and apparently they hired real prostitutes as well because they, they couldn't find enough actresses. So they just hired yeah, a couple of prostitutes I'd, and put them in this scene. I was going to say that earlier. Yeah, I did know. I heard about that. Um, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? They couldn't get any girls. So they just, yeah, like you say, they hired real prostitutes from Hong Kong. So, Christ. I guess that's uh, filmmaking in the seventies for you. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess. The, the good old days. Oh God, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure your co-host Gav would love to go back to the seventies, <laughs> be a film director. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're just well, going to get I'm, some prostitutes. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> well, Roper is also. Uh, invited to a meeting with Han now um, and he's given an offer he's basically shown around the underground lair and basically shown that they're making opium and heroin and they've got prostitutes yeah. and he sees all of these different hand weapons that Han has in, in glass cases and he says to him you know uh, 
it's a business you know we make money we we have a product we distribute it and ropers you can see ropers shitting himself he's squirming a little bit he's thinking what this is bigger than i expected it so he's kind of kissing up to uh, han a little bit but then han plays his trump card doesn't he and he shows him william's body yeah i I was gonna say if you weren't getting worried when you saw these like throne room with all those hands at this point you begin you'd be getting concerned now wouldn't you know what i mean you'd be thinking oh man what have i got myself into um so yeah that's right he wants him to join he wants wants this to be a bridge into america doesn't he He wants to bridge this, yeah. this um, network over and then that's when uh, roper comes out and says you want me to be a part of this then he? he tells him straight then he? he says no don't want any he says i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it yeah. you know they've killed one of his best mates yeah. um yeah. they drop him into i think they drop him into a pit of acid don't they this body as well because they drop him into this spiked pit with like bubbling water in it which i'm assuming is acid <laughs> god it's so james bond i was gonna say it was golden globus on set for a minute with that do you know what i mean it's like yeah just get a pit with some acid and uh, you got some spikes coming out the side of it, haven't you? <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. They almost so. guillotine a cat as well, don't they, at one point? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it gets pretty crazy, this part of the movie, doesn't it? It's, uh, yeah, a test well, of... Well, Han's revealing everything now, really, um, and it didn't work. Like you said, Roper doesn't want anything to do with it. No. And so, um... He still doesn't, does not he? Not going to play well. He doesn't. He's, he, no, he's he just doesn't. said to him, "No, I don't want anything to do with it now." Does he? That's it. Yeah. So we'll catch up with Roper in the morning because we've got one more nighttime excursion um, where Bruce breaks into back into the underground lair. But this time they're, they're onto him, so they put a cobra on the top of the the trap door, haven't they? That's right. That's it. That's where you get that scene yeah, that you mentioned got, earlier, wasn't it, with the cobra, isn't he? Puts him into like a sock. Yeah, he, he slaps it, put it in a bag thing. He breaks into the um, underground factory. And uh, this is the start of where the film just really takes off for me now. Yeah, from here onwards, that's it. That's it. You're, you've got the momentum now, haven't you? Um, this is where he starts fighting all the guards, doesn't he? I mean, they just come out on the tongue, yeah. don't they now? He manages to radio in to Braithwaite, um, but this sets off an alarm, yeah, which God. means every guard goes for him. <laughs> Sorry, Dan, I was going to say, this is where Braithwaite, then he's, he's in bed, and he goes, good heavens, this call came in half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Why was I alerted earlier? <laughs> and then he calls the Prime Minister or somebody who says, the person he rings says, oh, he's in bed. And he says, well, I don't give a damn if he's in bed. You get him out now. And he says, oh, and then the person on the other line says something else. And he says, I don't damn well care who he's with in bed. This is important. <laughs> yeah, I was watching that the other night and I thought, that's just, that's just great. I love the way they just throw that bit in just for Bruce Lee's going to, you know, sort of do some ass kicking, you know. So, fantastic. A little bit of comedy and then, and then Bruce comedy, Lee's yeah. ass kicking. <laughs> Oh dear! And then, like, and boy, so, boy, oh boy, does he? Does there is some ass kicking coming up now? He takes on fifty-one opponents apparently in the is cave that what scene. What was coming up now? Yeah, just goes for it, doesn't he? And he I think, is incredible. Doesn't uh, Jackie Chan turn up three times at this? Like, doesn't he? As one of the thugs, he sort of plays different characters or something like that. Yeah, he plays. He definitely plays the one who gets his neck broken, who gets his face on screen. But he also gets hit in the head with a stick, and I think he's in another background shot later. Mm. Um, and 
Bruce just goes through these guards with, first of all, with just hands and feet. Then he gets one of the long bow staffs. Then he drops that and picks up a couple of sticks. Um, and then we get the famous nunchuck scene. Yeah, that's it. This was banned, wasn't it, in the UK and in many countries for a long time, this scene. Was it really? Oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um... Because nunchucks were banned, um, that's why the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles became Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles in the UK. They cut out anything to do with Michelangelo's nunchucks. There was a whole controversy around it in the UK. It's crazy, really. But yeah, if you can watch this this um, full version of Enter the Dragon with this, this nunchuck scene, you're in for a treat. Because this guard has a pair of nunchucks that he doesn't really know how to use. And he tries to hit Bruce Lee with them, but he grabs them. And then he does this 10 seconds, like, where they're just spinning all around the place, aren't they? And the guy, like, thinks, ah, shit, I'm in trouble here. And uh, Bruce just takes out about 20 blokes with these nunchucks. It's just amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. And like you say, you just know he's doing all those moves as well, don't you? Do you know what I mean? It's just amazing. So fast. But he's captured. He's locked in a room with um, sliding doors, and he's caught. And... uh, in the morning, we find out that he has joined Roper as a prisoner. They've both got their hands tied behind their back. And uh, shit's about to hit the fan. Then they sort of like join forces now, don't they? They know that they've got to get their way out of this now, don't they? Um, yeah, because Han wants Roper to fight and kill Bruce Lee. And, and Roper says, look, I'm not going to do it. I told you last night, I'm not, I'm not going to do any of this. So... Roper, he says to Roper, that's that's fine. I'll find somebody else for you to fight. And he says, Bolo! And Bolo steps up to fight Roper. Yeah. And, uh, I, again, it's funny, isn't it? I, I, when I watched it, I didn't realise. I've always thought that um, Bruce Lee killed Bolo. But they actually Yeah, I, it's funny. I always remember like that as well. But you watch it and you think, oh, it's actually John Saxon that kicks his ass. Yeah, they sort of let him use his black belt here, didn't they? You know, which he had on his CV. Yeah, go and take him on. <laughs> but he, um, yeah, he and he's a bigger bloke as well, so he's got the muscle to fight Bolo. So they have a bit of a fight. He ends up killing him. Um, yeah. they, he sort of chops him in the throat and kills him. We get this massive brawl kickoff now where, O'Hara, uh, where um, Han sends all of his people to get Roper and Lee. But... The prisoners who are there's a load of prisoners underground. They've all been released, so they join in. And this bit reminds me a little bit of Big Trouble in Little China. Now mm. you've got all the guys in black and all the guys in white, and it's just a mass free for all, isn't it? Well, you're expecting uh, Jack Byrne to turn up in his truck now, <laughs> 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 with light coming out of his eyes. <laughs> it's all in the reflexes, Wang. It's all in the reflexes. You'd probably find that John Carpenter probably recited this a little bit through this movie with Big Trouble, I'd imagine. So, yeah, it's probably. A I should imagine so because he definitely took some influence, didn't he? And there we go. You've got your classic John Carpenter segue, RJ, which I know you always manage to squeeze into almost every episode. Honestly, Dan, I don't make it. I, I, you could listen to my show and think I do it on purpose, but I always manage to segue into John Carpenter somehow. I even did it with Taken for crying out loud. I've never even thought I'd so. I heard, I thought, he's done it, he's done it again. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll see if there's one film I'll, I'll try and not do it with. But, uh, we'll, we'll see, there you go. But there you go, John Carpenter, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. we get this uh, massive brawl. Um, we get um, people fighting people all over the place. Yeah. And it 
pairs down to Bruce Lee, um, has a bit of a fight with Han, and Han runs back into his palace, so Bruce chases him. And he puts on his sort of Freddy Krueger Wolverine hand, doesn't he, with the great big claws on it. Probably one of my favourite hands there for, for Han. I quite like that one. I thought it was pretty cool. I yeah. quite liked the hairy bear one that he had. It was like a big hairy one with like a bear claw. I quite yeah, like that, that one as well. It. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty iconic. Um, love to have that as a prop, wouldn't you? If you could get hold of that. Yeah, the sort of I mean, if I ever lost a hand, RJ, I'd probably have that as my actual hand. Yeah, but you remember it, Dan. As soon as you lose your hand, you become a bad guy. <laughs> that's true actually i'll have to have my own island that's it yeah oh so dan i actually lost your hand the other day yeah yeah but i've come bad and now i live on an island <laughs> all these things have happened i'm selling heroin and prostitutes oh, <laughs> <laughs> i'll just go like, oh that was bad wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i took it really badly but uh, I'm, I'm rich now that's the main thing yeah there you go <laughs> um Bruce Lee walks into this room and he just says one line and that line is you have offended my family and you have offended a Shaolin temple and that is all he needs to say yeah right and they fight and what a fight this is man what what an epic you know if you didn't think this film was good leading up to this of all the other stuff then you get this bit here then you know what I mean it's just amazing yeah, we got like a little taster of a fight outside this the, the mirrored hall, the mirrored maze, and then um, Han throws a spear, which Bruce dodges, and it goes through the the door, and then he disappears into this hall of mirrors, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the iconic scene, isn't it? It's just apparently they used eight hundred, was it eight hundred mirrors or something like that? Might have been a bit more than that for this scene. Um, what's clever is you don't see any cameras or anything reflected like they it must have taken them a lot of work to to do this you know what i never thought about no reflections of any crew or anything i never thought about that until you just said that then that's quite a good point actually yeah Yeah, and bruce has got his iconic scratches on his chest and his cheeks almost like um a red indian war paint like a native american war paint isn't it he's He's been cut all over the place, and he, he looks badass in yeah, this scene, really. I think you've got to have that, haven't you, on the hero, haven't you? You've got to have these scratches, haven't you? I think that just makes it... Yeah. And they have a little bit of a fight, but it's not much of a fight. It's a bit of an anticlimax on this, because Bruce does a couple of moves, kicks Han, and he goes flying back and lands on that spear from earlier, and, and that's kind of how Han dies, really, just on the spear. Yeah, and then he starts spinning around, doesn't he, on that? Uh, that's good effects isn't it because he's yeah. kind of got the spear going through him but it's spinning around in a rotating mirror it looks really good yeah and then that's when you get bruce lee comes up to the uh the temple doesn't he and he does that sign doesn't he to roper he gives him the little thumbs of, up little thumbs up and then you see it would have been great if he'd have done the little finger thing from um big trouble in little china that would have been better if they'd have done that well the old uh wing chon isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah that's there we it. go there we go but you know what, Dan? Um, I was going to say this. Um, I absolutely love that scene right there. You know, when it comes to um, getting camera shots, just when Bruce Lee comes up, you know, he's got the got, got the uh, claw marks all over him, and he just does that sign to Roper. For me, that's, I don't know what it is about that scene. I just love it. Even when I was a kid, I just thought, that's, just, that's Bruce Lee saying, that's it, mission accomplished. Do you know what I mean? Done. 
Yeah, I've all the battles done, all the goodies have won. Yeah. Um, you know, all the guys in black are lying on the ground dead, all the white guys in white are just sort of waiting for the army to arrive. And they do. They arrive very late, as always, don't they? Because the helicopters just come in just as the credits <laughs> roll. And they're always too late, these people in these films. Well, I've always said this the cavalry always turn up at the end, don't they? Um, which you is... know, you can imagine them all landing and Bruce Lee going, Look, don't worry about it. I took care of it all. Don't worry about it, guys. You're too late. Yeah, you could just imagine the head of British intelligence being in one of those helicopters going, oh my God, there he is. There's, there's Lee. He's still alive. <laughs> Thank God. Let's get him a cup of tea immediately, quickly. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, let's get you a cup of tea. Got some biscuits as well. There you go. Good job done, son. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> And that's it, the movie it? flies by because it doesn't feel like it's an hour and 45 minutes. It, it flies by. It feels like it's half an hour, doesn't it? It does. And I think that's what works for the film. Um, as a sort of roundup of this film, I think it does everything it wants it to do. It's not complicated. Um, it's an easy film to watch with a very simple plot, I guess you can say, with some great characters. And um, yeah. I could quite easily, it doesn't happen all the time, but I could quite easily go back to the beginning and watch it again. Um, it's one totally. of those films. I probably end up watching it a couple of times a year. I'd say I've seen yeah. this movie so many times. Yeah, quite easy. But um, again, well, it's simple. It goes quite quick. But it is one of those films that you rewatch and you'll see something else. Do you know what I mean? It's like uh, whether it's in the banquet room, you might see yep. other characters. Um, just things like that. It's one of those films that's there's so much going on. It goes so quick. You kind of miss stuff and. Um, Oh, the other I found out that Linda, Linda Lee's, uh, Bruce Lee's wife was in that banquet Gosh. scene. I only found that out in this this watch, actually. Yeah, that's right. I was just about to say that she's got the um, she's got like a purple dress on or something, isn't she? Just walking along. You see her for a brief second, but yeah, yeah, yeah. she's walking around in a purple dress. Good little cameo there. So, um, so yeah, there you go, yeah. guys. That is um, Enter the Dragon. Um, I guess if you have seen it, I hope you're a fan like me and Dan. If you haven't, if you just happen to not see this film. Go check it out. I'm sure you won't be disappointed because I don't know anybody who doesn't like this film. I, I can't I'll go on record it. as saying it's, in my opinion, the greatest martial arts movie of all time. Well, I'm with you on that. That's, that's, that's my opinion. I think it's a blueprint, isn't it, really? Um, a lot of films are influenced by it, aren't they? Especially, I would say, Bloodsport with Van Damme. That's almost like yep. a sort of, sort of like a homage to this, isn't it? Um, but... Yeah, it's all it's of our, you know, a movie where all the heroes go to a place and there's a tournament and martial arts and different characters popping up. Even the Mortal Kombat movie, they probably took elements, even when they made the video game of Mortal Kombat, they probably took elements from this to make that, you know. Yeah, it's funny you said because um, we mentioned Mortal Kombat earlier and I saw the trailer for that and I thought that's that is Enter the Dragon, isn't it, really? Because they go to an island and they for a tournament. It's a bit more sort of 90s, isn't it? You know, obviously with the video game market and all that. Um, and that uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, The Quest, where he goes to the island with Roger Moore. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, God almighty. I don't think I've seen that, but what a crazy movie. Wow. <laughs> it's uh, a martial arts tournament on an island, and Roger Moore's in it for some reason. Really? Um, yeah, it's really weird. Honestly, really Dan, weird. I'd, love to, I'd love to be in a, uh, in a conference room when they put these films together. You know, some guy there with a cigar saying... Uh, let's get Van Damme. Yeah. Who else should we get? Uh, let's get Roger Moore. <laughs> well, James Bond. Yeah, get him in there. Um, All right, else? I'll ring him up. Let's put him on an island. Uh, what else should we do? 
Yeah, let's get a um, let's get a shark in this as well as a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. There's twenty five. I'd be all over that movie. There's twenty five million. Go and do it, please. Get it out there. <laughs> well, I've seen I've seen a zombie fight a shark, so I'd love to see Bruce Lee fight a shark. I guess. Yeah, that's I suppose I suppose that'd be the next movie, wouldn't it? Nin- Ninja Shark. Oh, there we go, RJ. You've just written the next movie. Let's copyright that right now. Ninja <laughs> Sharks. Nin, nin, ninja Shark Nado. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Sharks. Yeah. Oh, God, there you go, mate. Let's do it. Let's get it out of there. Let's get directed come, by John Carpenter, of course. Coming straight to DVD on a supermarket near you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, um. Let's wrap it up on that, Dan, I'd say. Let's, let's end it on a yeah. shark note. We've managed to get to some sort of shark movie with <laughs> Enter the Dragon. So I'm going to do a little bit of admin now, guys. We're going to close the show. But before I go, Dan, um, do you want us to tell us a little bit about your show, mate, with podcast on Haunted Hill? I know you've just done 28 Days Later. Um, yeah, so we just covered um, 28 Days and 28 Weeks Later for episode 90. And as RJ says, um, I'm one of the co-hosts of um, the podcast on Haunted Hill. Um, you can find us through Legion Networks, same place you'll find this awesome podcast that you're listening to right now. And um, we're on Facebook as well. Um, so if you like horror movies or cult movies, come and listen to me and my buddy Gav chat absolute nonsense. We usually cover two movies per episode, but they're a bit... Bit, go on a bit long sometimes, don't they, RJ? Unfortunately, but uh, that is what it is. It's just us chatting shit. <laughs> well, Dan, I love it, mate. Like I said, I've been listening to your show for years now, and I actually like it with your show because, believe it or not, mate, I've listened to your show in some very um, international places, shall we say, when I go on holiday. So, oh, um, nice. I know you say your show goes on, but when I'm on the plane, you know, you get like a three or four hour show and I think it just it's just right, do you know what I mean? So it works just fine. Ah, perfect. So yeah, keep, keep doing what go. you're doing, mate. And I, I just love your banter, mate. It's great. It's brilliant. So, um, Oh, thanks. So, yeah, Thank guys, you for having me on again. Dan, not not my pleasure, mate. And I love having you on the show. Um, and hopefully you'll be returning soon because we were talking about, was it um, the police story and other martial arts film? Yeah, so, uh, Jackie Chan. So I'd love to have you back on board for that, mate. And uh, I can see this sort of being a regular thing with you coming on to have a chat about films and stuff. So it's all good stuff, mate. Um, But yeah, there you go, guys. Um, Hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, As a bit of admin for myself, you can find the show on uh, iTunes and YouTube. I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so go and check out all the other shows there. I'll play a promo at the end of this. And I've also got a Facebook page, so put stuff on there. Let me know if there's any films you want me to cover. I can take a look at those. And I'll be back soon. I've got another guest coming onto the show, someone you're familiar with here, Dan. is uh, Mark Lockhart. Yeah. Uh, we've been wanting to do Beverly Hills Cup for a long time, so we're going to be covering that one soon. So that'll be dropping soon as well. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, good old Mark. He's always good to chat to. Um, yeah. And... I've got the beach that's coming up soon as well, so that's going to be dropping soon. And I'm also going to be doing James Bond. Um, Kind of difficult to try and pick a James Bond film because there's so many, but I've picked The Man with the Golden Gun. So (laughs) it's one of my And that is similar to Enter the Dragon in some ways, isn't it? It's a guy on an island, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's... um, Yeah, I I don't know about you, Dan, I was always 
fan of um, Roger Moore because I think he was kind of the Bond that was kicking around when we was probably about 10 years old and always seemed to be on He's my favourite Bond. Yeah, I think he's, um, he's a tough guy, but he's not ripped, is he? But he's got a lot of charm, gets the job done, good with the ladies... Uh, <laughs> loads of one-liners, you know, just keeping the British end up, sir. <laughs> um, and the man with the golden gun for me, I think it's just, it was one of my favourites when I was growing up. It's got, um, obviously, Christopher Lee in it, so it's a bit like James Bond versus Dracula. And, uh, yeah, oh, some good stuff, so. Um, Roger Moore was in all the best Bond movies, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he did really, didn't he? He had a good take on it, didn't he? Because you think he went to space... Um, living there we go. He went space with the leprechaun. That's right. That's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's leprechaun. We mentioned that again in the show. Uh, yeah, he did. He had a good time. So um, there we go. We shall leave. We've gone from Bruce Lee to Roger Moore. So there you go. Roger Moore's been brought up a few times on this episode. So there you well, go. It's the natural, natural evolution of conversation. There you go. That's <laughs> it. And if we keep talking, we'll probably end up talking about Nicolas Cage if we carry on. So. We shall close the show there. So, <laughs> all right, cool, nice. All right, Dan. Cheers again for coming on the show, mate. Um, Anytime. Show. Cheers, buddy. Keep it bite-sized. Keep it safe. And we'll see you guys soon. then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.